We're through 14 practice at Kansas City Chiefs training camp up in St. Joe. I'm going to give you the best highlights and news nuggets, plus an injury report coming up on today's KCS and Update presented by DraftKings. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome into today's edition of KCS and Update. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin. Super stoked, as always, to be here with you, giving you the latest news, updates, everything you need to know about your favorite football team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Very excited. 14 days of training camp are in the books. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy that that much training camp has gone by, and I'm here to give you all of the latest. What's going on? And as well, we got a little bit of a tweet to talk about, and I think I've got a new segment. I want to do as well, and I might have to do with that tweet, but let's get into it. Let's first start with the injury report coming out of Tuesday's practice. We've got some guys that you do expect to see there. Jordy Forts and the Jerry Sneed and Kadarius Tony did not practice on Tuesday, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was missing from practice on Tuesday, was listed as sick. Jody Fortson still dealing with that shoulder. Jerry Sneed still that knee. I'm trying to say that five times fast. And Canarius Tony, obviously, with that knee injury, that knee cleanup. There was a report that came out that they do believe that, uh, well, Brett Veach believes that Canarius Tony will be ready to go by week one. Very optimistic there. Uh, Legereus Knee dealing with the information, as I shared on yesterday's KCS and Update video. You can go check that out of what Andy Reid had to say about that injury. Just an inflammation issue that they're trying to get down. I'm curious to see how much he'll work during the preseason games. And Jody Fortson, again, still dealing with that shoulder issue. Haven't heard a lot actually, about Jody Forsen and that shoulder injury. I can't recall seeing Jody Forsen out at practice on Tuesday, even working on the side. Um, so Jody Forsen was not seen at practice. Well, I had a lot to talk about from practice on Tuesday, so we will get to that uh, here shortly. But I'm interested to see what their injury designation will be for this preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. Not a whole lot riding on the line, truthfully. These are guys are veterans, so I don't anticipate... Um, we'll see them at all in this first preseason game. Maybe the preseason at all, we won't even see them. Um, but I think it's something worth watching, especially their injury designation going into that game. We should have that later on in the week, so make sure to stay tuned. Stay locked into us here at KC Sports Network as we will keep you up to date on everything that's been going on with your Kansas City Chiefs. It's been one of my favorite series to do since we started training camp with these KCS and update videos, keeping you guys up to date. So let's move on. Let's go ahead and let's talk about the Chris Jones tweet. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, he tweeted out, KC dot dot dot, I love you. And I think this is where I'm going to try out my new segment. I've been mulling over this segment idea for a little bit, but I'm going to call this segment Thinking Out Loud because I think there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different ways that you can take this tweet, right? KC dot dot dot, I love you. From Chris Jones, he tweeted that out this afternoon, on, on Tuesday afternoon, I should say. He tweeted that out. My first reaction, and I think a lot of people's first reaction was, oh no, is this a goodbye? And I think you might be able to tell a whole lot about somebody by the reaction to this tweet. Because you can look at that tweet, see the tweets that Chris Jones has done in the past, 
and reasonably assume that Chris Jones is just saying, uh, Casey, I love you guys. You guys are the best. I love Chiefs Kingdom. I'm super happy to be a part under a contract with the Kansas City Chiefs for one season. Casey, I love you. I, and you can also reasonably look at that tweet and say, oh no, this the sky is falling. Contract negotiations aren't going well. He's saying goodbye. I've seen, I saw that reaction mostly on Twitter or X, whatever we're going to call it today. Um, I'm still going to call it Twitter, so sorry, everybody out there. I'm still calling it Twitter. Can't break an old habit. But when I saw that that tweet, I wasn't really sure how to respond to it. I, I was kind of taken aback. KC dot dot dot, I love you. A lot is in that dot 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 space right there. Let me know what you think in the comment section below. I'm just thinking out loud here. What do you guys think about that tweet from Chris Jones? I think you can tell a lot about yourself the way you do take it. If you're a pessimistic or optimistic person, I saw a lot of people very quickly come to the defense of Chris Jones saying, Hey, you know what? Chris has made tweets like Casey. I love you. I think he's made that tweet a few times. In fact, and Casey, I love you. He's made that tweet before referencing how much he does love the city of Kansas city. And he does love Kansas city. He's made that abundantly clear. This is probably that instance. But in the day and age that we're in, the situation that he's in, I can reasonably understand why people could take that as a goodbye. Now, he is still under contract for this year. I don't think that he's going to hold out. I don't think that this was a sign that he was going to hold out. But if you do think that, let me know in the comment section below. Let me know in a five-star review. Let me know however you can on Twitter at Tucker D. Franklin. Tweet at me what you thought about Chris Jones's tweet. KC dot dot dot. I love you. Um, I, we're talking a whole lot about a tweet. This saga, I think, has gone on for too long for anyone's liking. I don't think people should sour on Chris Jones because of the contract negotiations and the contract holdout not showing up to camp. Don't sour on him just quite yet. He's trying to do what's best for him. The Chiefs are trying to do what's best for them. Seems like that they have two lines that they're not necessarily willing to come together quite yet. I think they do come together. I still am optimistic that Chris Jones will be back with the team by week one with a long-term deal, I'm not necessarily sure, as this kind of divulges more as it kind of transpires longer. I don't think the longer that this goes, that Chris Jones is going to have a long-term deal in Kansas City. You start to look at his age, a four-year deal would put him on the other side of 30, deals that the Kansas City Chiefs don't make a whole lot. Now, you can I, you can reasonably explain a caveat in that, right? As Chris Jones is the best defensive tackle in the NFL, sans Aaron Donald, but last year he was better than Aaron Donald. He has a leg to stand on in these contract negotiations. I understand where Chris Jones is coming from. This is a process question, right? This is a, this is a multifaceted conversation that a lot of people are going to have. And I'm just thinking out loud here, so I, I appreciate you guys sticking with me here as I think out loud about this tweet. KC dot dot dot, I love you. Let me know what you think. I'm curious to what your thoughts are. I, I can understand all sides of it, so I get it if people are freaking out, and I get it if people aren't freaking out. Uh, but let me know what you think. You can tweet me at Tucker D. Franklin or X me, whatever they're going to call it. You can comment in the YouTube section. You can leave a five-star rating or review. 
on our Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to podcasts. We really do appreciate you guys listening to this KCSN update, watching this KCSN update. So let's get to some more football talk. I sat down with Seth Kaiser, one-third of Times Ours podcast, the chief in the North newsletter. You know Seth Kaiser. If you're subscribed to KCSN, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're watching this video, you know Seth Kaiser. I sat down with him to get his general thoughts from Chiefs camp. We'll also talk a little bit of Chiefs defense at the end, mostly Chiefs offense. So here's what Seth had to say. But first, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back from break, you'll hear from Seth and I. Make sure to stay tuned. It's KCS an update presented by DraftKings. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back into KCS and update hanging out with Seth Kaiser of one third of the Times Ours podcast. Seth, how are you doing? It's been great catching up with you before we uh, hopped on and did actual recording the podcast. I think this happens every time I get on with somebody of, uh, you know, Seth, you, but like Josh as well. We always spend like 20 minutes talking prior to the podcast. Uh, how are you doing? How is everything going up north? Can't complain. Day job's trying to kill me, but uh, you know what? One day, one day. There'll be some sweet relief. I, I can just I can just sense it coming. But no, life is good. Football's almost here. There's gonna be new film to watch in like five days. So I mean, life is good, man. That we we it we've gotten to celebrate the entirety of all of summer. It's just been one giant celebration. But no, life life is good, man. That's been that's been nice, especially we were having this conversation before we started. But the the pre or the summers get a whole lot shorter. The off seasons get a whole lot shorter when your team's playing in the Super Bowl, and they get a whole lot shorter when they win the Super Bowl as well because it is just a uh, a really big celebration. I think that's a great way to put it. Even going out to training camp, it's been a huge celebration, basically, of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl uh, last year. 
Are you surprised that this seem this offseason feel like it went faster uh, than anything else? Is it crazy that the first preseason game is this Sunday? Doesn't that seem absurd? It is not absurd, and it's not just you and me, Jazz. My wife was horrified. Um, as she's like, that's starting again. I'm like, yeah, every year. Um, and and, and and here in Minnesota, we cherish our summers because I, I tell people four or five months out of the year, it's the best place in the world to live. It's just that other stuff that occasionally gets in the way. And so, you know, with August hit, I was just like, wait, do what? Hang on, hang on a minute. Um, and so, yeah, no, it felt really fast. I think all the celebrating, um, it just felt like every time we turned around, you know, Travis Kelsey was doing SNL or the Chiefs were receiving an award or there was just always something to talk about. And even like with the timing of some of their signings and stuff, it just, there was just no dead time whatsoever um, until like a short time in June and July. And then, you know, boom, hey, they're reporting for Tamp. And I, okay, I guess. So it, it's been very short. Absolutely. And you mentioned they've been reporting for Tamp. They've had 14 practices already in the book. Uh, crazy to think about. Uh, 14 practices in the book, Seth. I want to talk about some kind of broader uh, storylines when it comes to training camp. So first, What's been your favorite storyline? And there's been a lot of uh, storylines in this like camp, you know, with the, when it comes to the Chris Jones. That's not a very fun one to talk about, but people, but it's been the biggest one. Uh, wide receivers. What do you? What? Is, what has been one of those storylines that has that has come out of camp that you've mo- most enjoyed? I think the one that I've enjoyed the most, you know, is probably the same one most people are enjoying. the The really positive reports we're getting about Sky Moore or She Rice and Justin Ross. Yeah. Um, and then Richie James, I don't want to leave him out of that because you, you kind of get lost in the shuffle when you're a veteran. But I mean, the reports out of all of them, even once Pats came on, remained very positive. Um, and that's one of my favorite things, just because I always, uh, and maybe it's because I've been doing this for too long. Now that the Chiefs have won a couple Super Bowls, like, you know, like that, the, you know, they, they're still hungry. Me, I'm like, ah, yeah, it'd be great if they won more. But, you know, I'm also here for like reactions and chaos. So, like, I can't get out of my head the reaction of the rest of the league if, like, Veach hit on, like, two of the three. Like, you know, it turns out, you know, Moore and, and, and Ross are awesome or something like that. Yeah, That would be hilarious just because everyone's like, oh, they don't have any receivers. Travis Kelsey's getting older. It's finally happening. It's like, no, actually, we, we got this whole young group. And we'll see. But that's been my favorite one, especially Steinmore, um, simply because... I, I wrote about him a lot last year and and I think he's got I think he's got a good skill set and needed a year to acclimate to the league more than more than some. And so that that's been really, really fun to follow. What I think's been really interesting about Scott Moore and what could, you know, really benefit him is Juju Smith Schuster had a lot of snaps in that slot slot position. I think Scott Moore's gonna get a lot of snaps there. I think that could really benefit him. I don't know uh what your thoughts on that. I think I heard a stat that the Chiefs like led the league in slot wide receiver yardage. And now with Juju Smith-Schuster gone, it's going to be a lot of yardage, a lot of targets, a lot of, you know, just opportunity uh, to go around, especially not only the wide receivers, but in that slot position. Absolutely. And that's that's where, I mean, the the thing that'll be interesting for him and Rasheed Rice is, you know, can they line them up the boundary as well? You know, oh. yeah, how versatile are you? Your Rice is a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Um maybe doesn't have quite as good deep speed and that kind of stuff. And so it, I, I actually am curious about him and Rice. And when they took Rice and I looked at his film, 
I kind of thought their skill sets, even though their skill sets are very different, the way they win is very different. Both of them seemed kind of like more slot leaning guys to me. Um, so that'll be interesting to see play out because Rasheed Rice reminds me more of a Juju Smith-Schuster type of slot yep. where you got a little bit of quickness, got some burst. Um, I think he's got more burst than Juju does at this point. But, you know, you win with some physicality. You're bigger than these slot corners. You can make the contested catches. You got some wiggle after the catch, whereas Moore is more of a smooth guy, but he's still more of a slot guy. So I am curious about that, but there's going to be a ton of targets to be had there. And not just with Juju out, McCall Harpin, when he was healthy, was a big part of the offense. And that's between the two of them, that's like 11 targets per game. That's just up for grabs this year. Yeah, wow. That's good. When you put it that way, that's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, it's no surprise that the Chiefs lost a lot coming into this season in terms of the wide receiver room. But, um, and kind of this goes into the next question I, I want to talk to you about. But your answer could be this guy. But uh, Justin Ross has been one of those guys who has been, I don't want to say polarizing because I don't think that anyone really hated Justin Ross, right? I think there was a, there was a camp of, you know, let's just wait to see on Justin Ross before we say that this guy's going to go out and get 1,200 yards. And then there were people ready to say, this guy's this guy's it right now. And I know a lot of people are very high on on uh, on Justin Ross. I think that Justin Ross has had a very good camp. He's had a very good mini camp. He's performed. He's done everything to the best of his abilities at this point right. to put him in position to make this roster. When you start looking at this roster, though, it gets a little tight around wide receiver six. Um, I think that you can safely say there's five guys on the roster. We talk about uh, MVS. Canarius Tony's going to end up making the roster, even though he is hurt and he hasn't played at all training camp. He'll make the roster. Uh, you got Sky Moore. Um, I think Justin Watson is making the roster. Signing a two-year deal is not nothing. I know there's some people saying out there that they want to see him cut, but I, I, I know that's, that's not very fun to say. He's, he's going to make the roster. He's one of the three receivers taking the most reps with the first team. Absolutely. Like, and it's it not a... It's not a sexy pick. I get it. I understand that that Justin Watson is not the 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 sexy pick of of Justin Ross or Richie James or any of these guys that they brought in. I I understand why people are can be frustrated with that, but a guy who adds a lot of value in the special teams department, a guy who also, um, you know, seemed to be in the right place at the right time for Patrick Mahomes when he needed him to be, and I think that's huge. Um, when you start to look at this wide receiver room. And that kind of conundrum between Justin Ross, Richie James, you can you throw in Nico Romijio. They've brought in a, a lot of wide receivers into this uh, room to compete for practically one spot. How do you see that shaking out? I think, I mean, when you were listing them, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. We know MVS and people before the season started were saying, well, maybe MVS's roster spot is insane. I, I think that's insanity. I mean, for one, he's by far their most proven wide receiver. He was solid last year, and he's their only proven deep threat right now. Like, you need that unless you want to see them start playing a lot more single high, even with Mahomes, because you need a guy who can separate deep. But, I mean, yeah, MVS, Tony, um, Moore, Rice, Watson, Richie James. Like, it's hard to see any of those guys not making the roster. And so it's like, well, they're going to add a seventh receiver for Justin Ross? Like, I mean, and, and maybe they will. Um, it's just, the it's harder to knock off veterans than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, call it the the Dan Sorensen paradox or something like that. It's not easy to just bump out 
average-ish veterans. Now, the problem is, you know, you know, Justin Watson, like when you say average, well, he's not an average wide receiver one or average wide receiver two or average wide receiver three. But is he an average wide receiver five? Sure. And that that has value. And it ha- he's got value in that he knows the offense. And with Andy Reid, if, you, if you're going to love those moments where, holy cow, how did they scheme these guys this wide open, then you need to love the guys. You know, um, Travis Kelsey's game winner against the Derwin James and the Chargers, mm-hmm. who was running the rub route there? That was Justin Watson, and he ran it at the exact right spot to not get a pass interference call, but also to pass interfere. And notice, you need guys that know where to go. Now, in an ideal world, Justin Watson takes like 20 snaps this next year. Right. But it's not, it's going to be, someone's going to have to actively outperform him because otherwise Reed is going to trust the guy that's going to be in the spot um, because he'll trust his offense and Mahomes and Kelsey to, to do the winning on your own stuff. And really all they need is one guy to be not even a, a you could argue that the Juju Smith-Schuster was not like a legit wide receiver one last year. I mean, like if you say there's maybe like 15 of those in the league, 16 of those in the league, you know, to where you, that average-ish. Although some of the wide receivers, like T. Higgins, is he could be. So let's say there's 20 in the league, 20, 25, because you've got some teams that have multiple really good players. Mm-hmm. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster was a top 20 wide receiver last year or 25. You just need a guy who's an above average wide receiver who can occasionally make teams pay for man coverage yeah. and find smart spots in the zone. That really is it. Because Reed, Reed, Kelsey, Mahomes, and a good offensive line, and MVS is the deep threat. The the it's all the machinations are all there. You just need a guy to not suck, and that's and that's where you know I think people get excited about the opportunities for some of these guys that maybe have a higher athletic potential. Absolutely, and I think the wide receiver room is so interesting. They do, uh, they could take seven wide receivers as you mentioned if they. Because uh, there's a fullback roster spot that they're not going to have this year, but it seems like they're going to keep four running backs, and it seems like they might take four tight ends. Again, the, the numbers are getting very tight when you start to look at this roster for wide receivers and everything. And I want to see Justin Ross make the roster. He's been getting a lot of reps with the ones um, and everything like that. So, and I want to see him out there. But uh, Seth, before we move on, we got to take a quick break. And before we get to the break, I'm going to ask you the question first as a nice professional tease. Um, but I want to know who you've been most impressed by, and we'll get your answer coming up right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Welcome back into KCS, an update presented by DraftKings here on KC Sports Network. Hanging out with Seth Kaiser. Seth, I asked you just before the break who you have been most impressed by this camp. Who do you got? I am going to go with, it's a repetitive answer, but I'm going to go with Sky Moore. Um, uh, people talk a lot about Ross and Rice, and those clips tend to get shared a little more. Yeah, I think part of that is the the unknown phenomenon. But based on the people I've talked to a bit at camp, which I have, um, but based on the clips that I'm seeing, I think the things that I see from Moore... Now, I've liked what I've seen from all three. Mm-hmm. So I'm not take, trying to take away from anything. But I think what I've seen from Moore has me the most excited in terms of, you know, you see him consistently separating some of the things you're seeing on his releases and cuts where you're 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 thinking, okay, that's that's repeatable. That's something that that I'm excited about. Um, 
And part of it is also based on talking to Nate, especially, of course, because he's there pretty much every day. Oh, yeah. And a few other people who have been at camp who I, I asked, like, well, so what's the deal with more? Like, I'm hearing a little more about Rice and Ross. And Nate's answer was kind of interesting that, like, with more, he's been good enough that it's almost boring at camp. That, like, he, he keeps, like, every day he's having a good practice every single day. And that, to me, is better than a couple of highlights. And now, to be fair, Ross and Rice have both had more than a couple of highlights. Um, and then they do things that look translatable, too. But with more, I, I like the idea of him being boringly good in camp. That's really kind of been the Chiefs MO the last couple of years, right? They've been so good that it's been boring when we're talking. The conversation, Seth, we're having is about wide receiver six. We're not talking about <laughs> who, who's going to be the, the starter at this position, this position. They are so consistently good that it ends up being boring. And the most controversial topic is wide receiver six. That really is it. And like, I, I know Nate warned me and Josh heading into um, training camp. They were like, there's like maybe four roster spots up for grabs, yeah. realistically. Yeah. I mean, and like, in terms of starter spots, I don't know if there's a single starter spot up for grab, like actual starters. I mean, maybe now that Tony got hurt, because he was going to be, you know, whether you would call him wide receiver one or wide receiver two, it doesn't really matter. You know, the ZYX matters way more read. But that was going to be total. And Moore was probably going to be the third guy. And now, you know, so, you, so that wiggles things around a little bit. But, like, yeah, I mean, that's why, like, when you're hearing things about, like, uh, Nazi Johnson's, like, rep going with the ones, you're like, really? But I don't think that Watson or Williams, I don't think their roles were ever really at stake there. It's like, you know, through quarterback four, who your corners are, you know, who your safeties are, maybe safety three. Is it going to be Edwards? Is it going to be Bush? Who knows? But that's not really that exciting. That's where we're at. Oh, a good spot to be at, nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, but but that's sometimes when I, I have to take a step back in these conversations sometimes to be like, wow, we're really talking about the uh, the special teamer who's going to be taking yeah. most of his steps on special team of the, the most controversial topic. But, Seth, uh, before I let you go, I want to go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, because I think I think the defensive side of the ball is really interesting. The Charles Minnehue suspension coming down on Friday, six games, a little high, I thought, personally. Um, there's a whole podcast we could probably divulge into that uh, with the NFL and their suspensions and everything. But I tweeted something out from practice on, on Tuesday. You, you responded to it. I think it's really interesting what the Chiefs are doing, trying out some different defensive formations, seeming like they're going with a 3-3-5. Uh, They've been toying, toying and tinkering with it a lot. Uh, this all this you know this training camp. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on that? And, and truthfully, I don't know if this is right or anything, but it kind of scares me if they pull out a three-three-five week one against the Lions because they can run the football. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. But what do you think about the Chiefs implementing more of that uh, nickel with a with a three-three? I was curious if we were going to see more uh, three linebacker sets. Um, now, you know, I think the way they've been lining up that three, three, five, the three linebackers have been, um, Tranquil, Bolton and, and Chanel, right? Correct. Yes. And so the thing about Leo is he really is a guy that d at least in limited examples, and then especially in college, um, he demonstrated good functional strength at the line of scrimmage. I think that's one reason people want to try him on edge and maybe this is their version of it. You know, remember when Reggie Ragland was a linebacker, but whenever he's, it's like, nope. 
Reggie, you are on the line because you weigh 275 pounds and you're like, you're like bigger than D Ford, man. Like you, you are not covering anyone in space. Part of me thinks with how comfortable they are with their linebacker group, it's a way to kind of mix and match looks. And because they're comfortable with those linebackers, you know, having some strength at the line of scrimmage. And that's actually true about Willie Gay as well. I mean, he, for a guy who's as fast as he is, he's running around at 245 pounds and he's strong at the point of attack. And so you, you've got guys that you can line up. Bolton can certainly do that. Tranquil is probably the only linebacker that you wouldn't want in that same spot on the likes. He's a little undersized. Um, but, you know, if you're comfortable with Tranquil and coverage and, and you, you can kind of rotate guys wherever you want in terms of on the line and do a lot of simulated pressures and that sort of thing. And part of me is like, what are they preparing for a life for? Like a life yeah. out. Yeah. And that's probably not it. But like I told everyone that I'd panic if uh, a, a Jones extension or him in camp wasn't done by that first preseason game. And I'm not panicking yet. I'm 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 perturbed. But I, I like the idea of it, especially given the 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 personnel they have. I think they can get away with doing some of that in terms of playing the pass, but still staying somewhat strong against the run because of the personnel they have. Um, against the Lions, I, you better re- be really confident in whoever you got at the nose if you're going to be running a 3-3-5. Um, you, you better know that that dude is eating two blocks every single snap or you're in trouble. It's kind of one of the reasons, Um, just on a complete side note, with the Bengals, one reason they're able to deal with the Chiefs 13 personnel better than most is because even Humphrey, Tooney, and Smith struggle with DJ Reader. Or they struggle with some other interior guys, and they can't move him off his spot consistently enough. So they don't have to worry as much. They can still run a little light and not worry about the ball getting run down their throat. So if you can find a guy that can do that, even not like DJ Reader, that right. <laughs> but like if you just, you know, Keandre Colburn, it's like, hey, you're massive. Stay there. Like, and so I could see it. I could see them utilizing it effectively. And I think that's maybe the tranquil effect to an extent. And then as soon as they signed him and I watched this film, I was like, this dude's going to have a much bigger role on defense than people realize. I think it was a very low-key signing. Uh, a, a, a real bargain bin deal. Really. Yeah. When you look at what he signed for, and then, what, like, like you said, you start to look at how he was used in, in L.A., and you're like, oh my gosh. I can remember a few times of uh, pass getting swung out in the flats to Jarek McKinnon or something, and then uh, I see a guy fly up and make a tackle. I was like, wow, that was a really good tackle by a cornerback, and then it pops up and it's Drew Tranquil. I'm like, that's a linebacker? Yeah, that guy's fast. Yeah. And, and that's that's the cool thing, you know, with him and Gay, especially on the field together. I mean, that's a lot of speed at linebacker, which is very different for the Chiefs. And then I'm curious if they start utilizing that in terms of um, maybe having Trek will play the role of that hybrid safety type thing mm-hmm. to where you have fewer three safety sets. And that's another way to stay stronger against the run while trying to account for the pass because Trek can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. Gay can do both of those things too. Bolton proved as a, as a as a zone defender last year, and so if you're comfortable with guys, I think it makes sense to have three linebackers on the field. And I'm curious with Leo if they're kind of just exploring the possibilities to try to utilize those strengths. It's kind of like the Belichick style. You take guys that maybe they're limited in some ways, but if you try to maximize those strengths, mm. it's going to be really interesting. This defense. Um... It seems like everything's seemingly working against them on the outside factors, but on paper they look like if you if you've got everybody healthy, everybody going, everybody under contract, 
Um, you've got a pretty solid uh, defense going out here. But Seth, before I let you go, I, w- I want to talk about your your Mahomes 2022 film review. Just got to tell people uh, kind of what you did there with it uh, in the in the concept behind it. Sure. And so that's that's up on the Chief of the North newsletter, my, my sub stack. And what most people I'm sure who watch this know is is because uh, I can't imagine why you'd be watching this. Didn't know what I do. Get a hobby, man. No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> always watch KCSN is what I meant to say. So um, what I do every week, um, well, I try to most weeks. I only did 11 weeks last year is I try to um, chart things that actually measure quarterback. You know, even great stats like EPA per play or or um, DYAR. I mean, like all these, you know, all the acronyms and stuff that really measure. Really, what that's measuring is how the ball moved, um, or, or where the ball moved, not necessarily how it got there. And so that's why, you know, I, the example I always give is, you know, a 15 yard out from the opposite hash that's dropped by a wide receiver is considered bad statistically. Whereas, you know, a two-yard shovel pass that someone takes, you know, 80 yards to the house is a great place statistically for the quarterback. So what I do is I try to, you know, look at the things that matter for quarterback play. You know, those those things, you, yeah, everyone knows it, you know, accurate, I'm just reading off here. Accuracy, pocket presence, vision awareness, reading defenses pre and post snap, two very different skills. Um, playmaking, ball protection. You do those things well, you'll be a really good quarterback. So I chart those things every week. And then at the end of the year, you kind of come up with an aggregation of numbers and you try to figure out, you compare it to past years because I've been doing this so many years. I can compare it to 2021 and 2018 and figure out, you know, is it accurate to say that Mahomes removing everything else that messes with his statistics was Mahomes better in 2022 than he was say in 2018, 21. And so that's what that whole project is. And then what I also try to do is not just lay out the averages, but I lay out kind of the game by game charting so people can kind of see the process. Yeah. I think showing your work's important with something as subjective as film review. Um, because then you can explain to people, like I can explain to someone just by pointing to it, this is why I think I can say definitively Mahomes was the best he's ever been in 2022 because his um, missed open receivers were down, his happy feet snaps were down, and his accuracy was up. Uh, while he was still creating plays, he basically um, became, and I'm giving away everything, but it's unlocked. Anyone can read it. Uh, this one's unlocked. But he basically became almost that final version of himself that like a, a good example of a one game uh, incident would be um, the the AFC Championship 2021 where, oh, yeah. where he took every throw that was available, took every check down that was necessary, made every smart play when the offense was working. And then when it wasn't just went out and did some stuff. Right. And that's like, and then made like no mistakes. And that's it's like you did modern quarterbacking. It's you usually have to choose one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you can be great at this, but then you're only going to be okay at, at these other two things. But he really last year was still an incredible playmaker who made almost no mistakes and then constantly took the easy play. It, it's it's the best I've ever seen anyone play the quarterback position. You know, 2011 Aaron Rodgers, 2007 Tom Brady. I mean, you know, 2011 Rodgers was the standard. And even with Mahomes year after year, I was like, that's about the level he's playing at pretty much every year. I think last year he surpassed that. 
And it's just, it's so much fun to watch and write about. I can't believe that's a job I get to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Go check that out on the Chief in the North uh, newsletter on Substack. Seth, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for uh, taking some time and chatting with me. Oh, of course. I appreciate you having me. That's going to do it for today's episode of KCS and Update. Make sure to uh, subscribe so you don't miss an episode here at KC Sports Network. We're going to have lots of content coming out for you as we prepare for the first preseason game of the season against the New Orleans Saints. That'll be in New Orleans, noon kickoff central time. Uh, so make sure you check that out here. We'll also have a post-game show from there as well. Um, so make sure you are subscribed and you are following and you do all that cool stuff uh, with us here at KC Sports Network. So I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. So until then, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. <laughs>